we made this. I'm recording this. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Good foley work, Chris. Thank you. My, my can of orange monster. I like these headphones, but I've had the same experience with every pair of Sony headphones I've ever owned, mm. which is that they always add loads of bass, but you can't do anything about that. There's no option to not have it. So if I talk like this... Your headphones are probably going to rumble, man. Oh, that, that was like some kind of... Uh, Orgasmic. Oh, do I, it again. I, I, I can't do the Dave film trailer voice. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's anything like that. No. <laughs> it's a lot more gravelly. Topher Grace has a new podcast. It's called Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. And this week's episode was they got a voiceover guy in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because every, every week they do, he gets a guest on and then they have to do some kind of silly adventure in the studio. And that was this week's and it was really good. I'll have to give that a listen. It's a different guy than he used to do the inner world, isn't it? Because inner world guy died. Did he? I think so. Yeah. I think there's more than one. Uh, I yeah, it... I believe there is. But yeah, it was it was very it was really funny. So I would recommend it. Inner world available higher. Contact me Twitter at kidswell s w o l or www.innerworld.com. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Without a Mouse Podcast, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live-action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. Here's your notebook back, Tim. Uh, thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'm Chris and uh, I'm joined by Tim. Hello. How's it going this week? Um, yeah, alright. I've had a decent week, can't complain. Good. Also, nothing particularly exciting has happened yet. Well, I'll tell you what's happening this weekend though. I'm off to Arcade Club in uh, Manchester. Oh yes, so I remember you saying, yeah. Are you coming? I can't remember. Um, no, I'm going mattress shopping instead. Oh, exciting. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of a late birthday thing. But um, have you ever been? No, I've not. I've been meaning to, though. It's amazing. It's like two floors of retro arcade games, and it's you pay like £15 to get in, but all the machines are um, free play. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And last time we went, we were there for seven hours without, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. And we didn't. We left plenty to do a next on a next trip. So really mm. looking forward to going back this weekend. But apart from that, yeah, that sounds really good. But is it Ramsden's home interiors? I think not. No, I, I, I'm sure you'll have a better time than I will. I've got to spend money as well. I don't like spending money. That's a proper adult thing to do, isn't it? Going and buying a mattress. Yeah, no. Are you literally like not leaving till you've bought one? Or well, I've got to buy something, I guess. <laughs> Just a sleeping bag. Yeah. Just something to put on a cold, hard floor. thing is, I just want to like order one from Ikea and hope for the best, but A, delivers 39 quid, and B... Really? You, well, yeah, because there's n- nowhere near here uh, an Ikea. Think close to one in Sheffield, so it's basically the petrol oh. money. So, yeah, I'd rather just do that, but I don't really want to take the risk on it and end up with a lumpy mattress for the next 10 years. Speaking of expensive deliveries and shit... I can't say too much right now because it's this will go out before Kirsty's birthday. But I've been Saponi. Slow- <laughs> well, I was about to say I've slowly been buying it piece by piece, and yes, you're right, it is a pony. <laughs> I started with the spleen. <laughs> no, um, it's something that I've been buying in piece by piece from the same supplier, 
and I bought one piece last week. It was free delivery over 20 quid and then in the space of a week it's now gone up to free delivery over 35 quid by piece by piece you're not ordering lego because <laughs> for, for a decent lego set you've got to be ordering like 2,000 times at least yeah i'm hoping that it all arrives before she's on her deathbed yes but um yeah the, you know the death star kit <laughs> <laughs> happy death day <laughs> So I'm angry at a specific retailer that I can't announce because Kirsty's birthday is not till June. So fuck you, pers- uh, company. Ramsden's Home Interiors. <laughs> Cleefort Road. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying, the, buying on your mattress spring by spring. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you can like, have a memory frame stuff now, though, can't you? This is how unenthused about talking about this film that we're going on a literal tangent about buying well, a fucking mattress. You say that, but I'm bringing over my... Spicy woolly takes from Cinemortuary, I reckon, for this one. You're going to need them. Bloody Nora. <laughs> so, yeah. Shall I introduce this one? Yeah, go on then. Well, it's Million Dollar Duck, which I think was 1971. I forgot to note down the year. So have I, but I believe you're correct. Yep. Uh, a, a time when really Disney should have known better, I feel. Probably. <laughs> I mean... Firstly, why is it not just called Golden Goose? Just have a goose. Have a golden goose that lays an egg. Because it's a duck. Maybe they... Maybe the budget was so... Ducks were cheaper, is what I'm trying to say. Maybe this was a famous duck. I don't know, in this film. Oh, you mean like that dog that should have won the Oscar for the artist back in 2011? Did you ever see the artist, the black and white silent film? I did, but I was... The dog was amazing in it. I I barely remember the film. I I did see it, and I did remember thinking it was good, but I was not that fussed. Well, the first time I thought it was amazing, the second time I thought, well, it's a bit self-celebratory of Hollywood. And uh, that's the sort of thing that wins Academy Awards and all that lot, but it's a film that celebrates itself. I'm not... As infused with it as I was, in all fairness, but I did, I did enjoy it. But I was like, you know, but yeah, the I'm doc, done. The duck should have won for an Oscar, is what I'm trying to say. I chose Million Dollar Duck because I was looking on Sky Go, and I thought I'll pick the one with a silliest title, which is really not working out for us, is it? Which uh, didn't really work for one of our dinosaurs is missing, did it? No, no. Fingers crossed for this one. <sighs> I'm really regretting asking you to do this podcast. Not in, not that's not a dig at you. That's a dig at the content uh, we, we are we are dredging up. We're definitely ticking off more films that we'll never watch again than we are happy to have discovered. I think that's the most uh, diplomatic way of putting this. It, to be honest, your original idea for this podcast was basically to do Cinemortuary, but for Disney, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the original plan, was that we would focus on sequels and... Uh... And, and remakes, which is all fair for the amount of Like Flight remakes coming out now wouldn't have been that bad of a shout, but I do wonder if there's a load of shit-tacular sequels that went straight to video that we would have seen and gone, well, that was bollocks, wasn't it? We'll never bother with them again. The good thing as well, of from that concept was there's only a finite amount of sequels to Disney films which would have meant this podcast would have finished a lot quicker but we've oh now you tell me <laughs> yeah and yeah but you're right you were right to say that we you know stealing the format <laughs> entirely basically <laughs> so yeah I'm happy yeah <sighs> uh, I think we should steal everything else some of that podcast start making puns and add some bit of Jim Duggan in there I was, I was gonna say um I'll have to um, 
next time I go see Dave, just like steal all of his sound bites off his hard drive or whatever for all of the <laughs> things. But to be fair, I could just rip an episode of <laughs> Cinematry and just you should like bootleg it on a cassette. And I'll play it <laughs> yeah. See <back>. how <laughs> so, 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 so adventures we can re-edit. I'll just <laughs> I'll see if I can get enough clips of Dave to like add him as an extra member of the podcast. <laughs> oh, that'll take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't got that much free time, so I'm bothered with that one. So we start with the intro, which again, like all the other films, is animated. Hey, yeah, and uh, with background music, uh, just a kazoo. We never, who the hell uses a kazoo for theme music? I know it's honestly. fucking awful, isn't it? Yeah, it just grates on you. Ugh. I promise I hadn't seen this film before we came up with the cop- the podcast. <laughs> so the intro, it's a, it's a cartoon duck. And it keeps rolling eggs into view. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Which is really boring by the end. It is, yeah. I mean, sort of like from a punchline. So the duck rolls in six eggs and then draws in a one and some commas. And oh, look, it's a million. Yeah. So that was that was the uh, visual a, gag there. Against a blue background. it's It was a bit dull, in all fairness. But it got the job done. Yeah. But it just felt... Felt very budget compared to some of the intros we've seen. We've seen some pretty good intros, I reckon. Yeah, we have. Yeah, and I just try to think the best one of that we've seen so far for me is probably Escape to Witch Mountain, I think. Yeah, that was pretty artsy. I, I really liked the intro credits to the Black Hole as well. Yeah. They were pretty funky with the um, uh, oh, ve- vector yeah, graphics. Yeah, vector yeah. isometric type graphics. Yeah, they were pretty rad. The whole. Uh, Halloween episode of The Simpsons where home is all 3D. Yeah. Yeah, that one. So we are introduced to Albert Dooley to begin with, and he's got a shitload of bills. <laughs> yep. You know you're going to be in for a thrilling film when uh, it opens with bills. Bills, bills, and more bills. Do you know what? Bill, talking... bill, bill, bill. <laughs> there we go. I'm just doing jokes now for Cinematry. It begins. <laughs> well, I was just thinking uh, this is a very inferior film, but... A brilliant piece of uh, cinema that opens with people checking bills is, of course, Bill of Wrongs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, One of Chris's early, uh, let's say, art films that you did when you were at college. Yes. uh, Which I think is still freaking hilarious any time I watch it on... I've I've not dared to watch those back in a long time. (laughs) It's... uh... Yeah, I can never remember what you have to search for to find it on YouTube, but it's called Bill of Wrongs. Because, of course, these days on YouTube, you type in Bill of Wrongs, you've got all sorts of crazy conspiracy theorists, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the original concept of that, so to quickly describe it, <laughs> so it, it was me uh, and my friend Will Tapley. Hello, Will, if you're listening. Hi, probably, Will. Probably not. Um, we came up with this concept for a series of short films, and this was only one we made, of two people just complete incompetent, like, two people living together, like... Alone in a house, complete incompetent at doing everything. So and, the, and the entire plot of men behaving badly. Basically, then. yeah. <laughs> and they're just completely shit scared of everything that happens to them. So I think we had another idea where we're going to like try and make some toast and and all sorts of shit happens with toast and such. But with this one, uh, we get a bill through the door. I and mean, then we panic and then we try and destroy the bill in any way we can. Yeah, I genuinely watched it again not that long ago, probably about a year ago, and... For a five-minute, like, basically shit post on uh, YouTube, <laughs> yeah. on the early days of YouTube, it still f- absolutely cracks me up every time. 
So I, I, watch it. See if you can find it. Yeah, I, I might put a link to it if you can find it. I was going to say, can you even remember what account that was on the millions of accounts you've had on YouTube and all over Tinternet? Nope. International Man of Mystery, Chris yeah, Wilson. All I remember is that my hair was incredibly short at the time. Yes, yeah, a, it was. A, a hairstyle I should still get away with, but my hairline is receding pretty badly <laughs> uh, now, hence why I wear my hair long. You should go for that um, popular trend of like shaving the sides, but like still being curly on top. You know, seriously, I, I've considered it, but yeah, that side it's just like going all the way back now, and it's like starting to thin out up there. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it wouldn't work. We ought to get you like a Chris Wilson style afro wig made to just so you've always got enough hair yeah should do <laughs> i was all about getting a wig early on to my mum what, what was her thoughts on it well she said if you're that bothered about your hair then you should go get one of those transplants <laughs> where it looks really yeah. really fake for ages uh, and and, uh, and i'm thinking i was late to this recording because spending all my time trying to research not so financing on like a 500 quid computer but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah i'm gonna go out and spend like three grand on bloody hair I'm going to um, my cousin's uh, 40th birthday coming up soon, and it's a wig party. And so I've decided I'm going to get a wig of when I used to have long hair. Yes. (laughs) And just go, like, completely as myself. And if anyone talks to me about it, just be like, what are you on about? It's not a wig. This is my hair. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing any fancy dress, you know. Anyway, film, I guess. Yeah, go on then. So, lots and lots of bills. And then in comes Jimmy with this strange ginger kid. Oh, before we even get to that, oh. as he's checking his bills, he has like a fever dream flashback. Oh, God, yeah. Dooley has a fever dream flashback of him um, receiving his um, high school diploma and uh, where he's been voted most likely to succeed. It's a bit much. <laughs> it is, like... <laughs> Considering it's not a film about success or anything like that. It's quite a fucking depressing opening for a Disney film as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because it then makes me think, oh yeah, I had potential once. Oh, and another thing to mention, Albert Dooley, he is played by Dean Jones, who is one of the main characters, he, he plays one of the main characters in the Herbie films. In oh, the love yeah. book and stuff. I thought I vaguely recognised him. And um, when we f- did our first episode, The Computer War Tennis Shoes, and I watched the uh, 1995 remake as well, mm. he w- also plays the Dean of the University in that. Oh, right. So I spent the whole film thinking, I know that man. Mm. I've seen him very recently in that. Well, that was why. I guess you can say it's a small world after all. Oh, very in- good. Insert Jim Duggan here. <laughs> Stealing all the bits. Let's go. So, yeah, after that really depressing montage, we get Albert's son, Jimmy, coming in with this weird ginger kid that just stares at Albert the whole time. Never appears again. Yeah, I I thought that this would be a caring character. And with this cute puppy dog that Jimmy really wants them to have, but it's going to cost them 50 quid. Fuck off, Jimmy, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to capitalism. We can't afford this puppy 50 50 quid for a puppy in the 70s sounds like a right yeah i'll say it must be what 500 quid something like that something daft it's ridiculous yeah not that good of a dog and then from this scene we see uh mum in the kitchen making stew yeah this is uh katie 
Yep. Her name is, yep. And she's, as she's cooking, she's cooking from a recipe book, and every time she turns around, there's a fan in the corner that's blowing the pages. Yeah. So we get, she's making applesauce, but she puts in garlic and... Yeah. uh, What else does she put in? Mustard. She puts in mustard, garlic, cinnamon, and curry powder. And the gag is that, oh, she's making this stupid thing and she doesn't know what she's doing, but... The more ingredients she put in, the more I was like, yeah, that works. I'd eat that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not pregnant, are you? Yeah, well, no, it's just she's made an apple curry. and like it's, She's basically making chutney. True, yeah, true. Now that, now that you mention it, yeah. But all, it's all, actually, of, all of those ingredients go in a apple chutney. It's not like she was uh, putting like whipped cream afterwards. I yeah, mean, and she's literally cheese. making... Yeah, she's making... It's not like in Friends when they make a trifle with minced beef. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, it's she's trying to make a condiment, and she still made a apple-based condiment, so I'd be happy with it. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, but, I, th- I thought it was a nice little side gag in all fairness as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, I I don't know how it really sets up um, Albert coming in and like complaining to her that they have to economise uh, because you know she's doing her own home baking. Yeah, she but, tries to sort of say, "Well, I'm making it with the apples from our garden," so yeah, she's trying to. S- Come across as trying to help out where she can. Yeah. But he's in a bit of a mood, really, isn't he? So he is, he's not yeah. really listening to her. She's incredibly upbeat. Yes. I'm not sure I like that. She's very bouncy and wacky. Yes. That's the way I would put it. At one point in the film, she puts one hand on her, the very top of her head and then opens her mouth really wide in like a gasp, which is obviously like supposed to be quite a... Shocked reaction. Yeah, but kind of silly, pixie, weird... <gasps> Yeah, kind of thing. But um, Julie Andrews does exactly the same in The Sound of Music. Right. And they both have a sort of bobbed hair kind of uh, pixie kind of look, which I think, like, they were basic. They basically told her to be Julie Andrews in Sound of Music for yeah. the whole film. But we, if we do not have enough money for Julie Andrews, be Julie Andrews. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happened. Um, but yeah, say I think as a character she's fine. Uh, oh, but then after saying that she's um, saved money by making the applesauce, Dooley then finds her dress shop bill from buying some dresses. Oh yeah, so she's a bit of a spenderholic. I guess which is why she immediately suggests that in order to save money, Albert should take uh, food uh, with him uh, to work instead that she, she that she's making in the kitchen yeah. instead of buying lunch every day. But she, as we already know, she's wacky and can't make lunch. So whoa, <laughs> and she's supposed to be a woman and she can't even make lunch. And then next morning, um, we see her giving out bag lunches. So that, that's the plan then. Yeah. Um, and we see the rich neighbours next door, which come into the plot quite a bit later on. Yes. I've Completely forgotten their names. Because uh, uh, Hooper is his name. Yes, Mr. Yeah. Hooper. Uh, he uh, works for Treasury, yes. as it just so happens. Yeah, he works for the US Treasury Department, which will become very contrived by the end of this film. Sorry, Rob. We're getting <laughs> <laughs> we're getting in all the Cinemotry ones tonight. And we also I'm... see that Dooley has a really, really shit car as well that's fallen to bits. Yeah. I don't know why it reminded me like sort of like a Monsters type, Adams Family type car, but like dust all over it and everything. <laughs> yeah. How's that even possible when it's driving every single day? How has he got all that dust on there? Yeah, having a dusty car doesn't mean you can't, you're skint. It just means you haven't bothered to clean it. Yeah. Because, like, all it needs is a bit of hot water. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to one of those car washes at, like, six quid. Yeah. So, anyway, this is the setup. We've got our poor main cast. Yeah. Oh, it... did you just say, like, he picks up Fred? 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and Fred lives next door-ish. Mm, yeah, oh, the, down the road. Uh, I think it's the other next door. Yeah, so, so on like, the opposite Ooper's side. Ooper's on one side, Fred's on the other side. And Fred is also a lawyer, again, yeah. very contrived for the plot, as it turns out later It is, on. yeah, because he also complains very quickly about being cash-strapped, but he's a lawyer. Yeah. He's clearly working in the wrong firm. Yeah. Um, but then we get uh, to Dooley's work, and we find out that he is a scientist working in a lab with shit loads of animals. Yeah, not a fan. No, it's, you know... It's very of its time. I don't think you could get away these days. So, yeah, I spend all day testing shit on animals. But it's not played as a negative, is it? It's like, not, no. If, if you'd made it today, it would be played as a negative, whereas um, in this it's very much the done thing and it's... For science? Yeah. And, uh, in fact, it's almost played for laughs because we have um, the chimp uh, steals his lunch um, and shares it with the duck. Which is pretty funny. Yep. And then we find out in the next scene that basically the duck is an idiot. Yeah. Um, this It's a very sort of standardised white duck. You know, <laughs> the the duck that everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> Just your standard straight white cis <laughs> male <laughs> duck. <laughs> what a dumbass. Yeah. Again, you couldn't get away with making that these days. No, could definitely you? not. No, it would, it would at least be a mallard these days. <laughs> um, yeah. So Dewey's got this great attachment to a ducky, though. It is quite clearly an idiot. Yeah, he's obviously. <laughs> I was going to say, obviously, roots for the underdog, or maybe the underduck. Um, oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, the duck keeps failing these tests it's supposed to be trying to get some food out of this uh, machinery but instead for some reason keeps choosing the option that plays a dog barking instead mm. as if it's got some kind of dog fetish yeah that comes into play later on as well it weirdly does. enough yeah, yeah yeah it's all set up here brilliant and, and yet it happens is after the duck manages to escape now, oh before it escapes it lays an egg it does, yes. Despite the fact that everybody's been calling it a he for the whole film so far. I know we're only in the first little few minutes. But this doesn't stop though, does it? They keep calling it a male duck and a yeah. he, even though they and know it lays eggs. Yeah, and uh, well, it's called Charlie in a minute. Yeah. Because Charlie's the name of a dog that Jimmy wanted at the beginning of the film, and they do name it Charlie in a minute, but, you know, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the duck wanders off into the radiology department and ends up getting trapped in one of the machines. Yep. So we've seen that it's, you know, radioactive. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, like, just before that, if you've got two guys there looking at, like, chemicals I was going through this conveyor belt, reminded me of the Generation game. <laughs> a cuddly toy. <laughs> hey. Polaroid camera. Sulfuric acid. <laughs> Iodine. I wish in the uh, Generation game they'd put Jim Davidson through a radioactive machine. It would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. And just thrown him in with some toxic waste. Or just thrown him right into the machine, like getting all ground up by the gears around it. <laughs> it's so weird that in the 90s, we were all fine. We, As young kids, we had no idea that we were watching this racist piece of shit Jim Davidson on all of our family friendly television at the time the 90s were weird I think the BBC was just having a mental breakdown when they hired him for so many game shows at the same time because he was on big break as well wasn't he yes he was yeah I'm sure there was a couple of us and bear in mind he was doing his stand up at the same time yeah yeah. Jim Davidson Uh, all all full of I'm not gay honest humour yeah fuck that yeah fuck the 90s where were we (laughs) Oh uh, yeah, so we've seen. I'm just thinking about all those great 
songs of the nineties. Go on then. Um, Limp Biscuit Frank stuff. Right. Okay. Let's uh, move. Moving on. Limp Biscuit Faith. <laughs> so then we go back to the. Corn. <laughs> so we get back to the Dooley house, um, and Mister Dooley brings the duck home, um, and the plan is for him to sell it to this farmer that they know yeah. because it's too useless for experiments, so they're getting rid. I take it, they don't explicitly say this, but his boss hates the duck. Probably good reason, because it's an idiot. But I take it it's implied that if he doesn't sell it off, it's going to get destroyed anyway. But in a nice I, Disney way. Yeah, I imagine that's probably the So he's kind of saving the duck from yes. death. It, yeah, it's never explicitly mentioned. The other thing is as well, like, we don't see the duck compared to any other ducks. Like, if this was a proper science experiment, mm. you'd have, you know, at least sort of ten ducks. And if all of the others were doing the completing the test in a specific way, then you could say that this duck, by not doing it the same way as the other ducks, was an idiot. But basically, they've got this one duck that does things a specific way. So I don't know if it even is an idiot, or if it's just that's what ducks do. Well, that's one of the deleted scenes. Maybe that is, yeah. yeah. Maybe <laughs> There's like this whole sequence of uh, X-Factor, but with ducks. They go in through, instead of going into the radiology department, they go through another door, which just t- turns into like a battery farm. And there's just thousands of ducks stretching up for miles. And they just pick them one by one out of them. Like you. But yeah, so Jimmy decides to call the duck Charlie. Yeah. And again, he's not a male duck. He lays eggs. He's clearly a female. Charlie could be a girl's name if it's shot for Charlotte. Not in, not in the, <laughs> not in the seventies. It doesn't. Nah. <laughs> and yeah, we see the duck escapes and ends up in the neighbor's pool in uh, what's his, Hooper's pool. Yep. And we have a comedy section of um, Hooper's dog jumping in to try and save the duck. Well, is it trying to save it or du- savage it? Either way, because if it's trying to savage it, it's hilarious because it's like this really cute little bloody golden retriever type thing but this golden retriever is literally like snapping at the duck's ass for this shot isn't it so it's literal animal cruelty that was filmed for this there's no way this duck could have known they couldn't have sat it down in a meeting and said just so you know Mm. this is all a stunt this (laughs) dog is very well like this duck would be out there petrified that it's going to be eaten by a dog and like before the scene like the dog comes in like says hello you know (laughs) It's all friendly, he shakes his hand. No, nothing like that. But again, this is the same era. As you can see, I've got my rubber dentures in. If you want to feel it, I can bite you just to uh, simulate the fact that this (laughs) isn't going to hurt you during the filming. And uh, the safe word is quack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this is the same era as as we explained in Escape to Witch Mountain. Like The bear were quite visible abuse marks on it. Yeah, you can just do what you like to animals at this point. Oh, I said it was literally fucking animal testing the... Yeah, seem far. Not on screen animal testing, but you know they've come from that background with those animals. Pooper um, ends up falling in the pool as well. It's kind of a very energetic slapstick scene, mm. but I didn't find it very funny. No, because you're probably thinking, "Fuck it, I'll bet that dog's petrified." Like, literally yeah. to be petrified right about now. The dog's probably not having the best time either. No, because yeah, the duck's obviously yeah, whatever. Yeah, hated it. Really did not enjoy this section. Um, I felt it was a bit over top considering where we needed to get to, which of course is uh, Charlie laying an egg. Yeah, but now, then as well, 
thinking about it, it's a really weird juxtaposition. Like we've gone from these depressing sort of, oh no, I'm worried about bills. I'm going to be destitute. My family will be out on the streets. And then we've got a wacky uh, pool escapade. It's just very jarring. Disney for you. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got films like Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is all about like um, Frollo trying to fuck a gypsy and if not, he'll kill her. And then you've got singing gargoyles. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, it's, it's pretty par for the course for Disney. Yeah, I'd say for Disney there's always like sadness and happiness all mixed in at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, as a result of this skirmish, the duck lays an egg, which is um, my favourite bit of the film, I think. <laughs> Why? The sound effect. Oh yeah, every time it lays an egg it goes... No, excuse me, I'm just off for shit for a minute. <laughs> And they say, I like this scene because um, they say, he's a mummy, and then continue calling him a he, after the fact that now everybody's on the same page that it's a female duck, but they still call it a he after that. Why not? It's Uh, madly laying eggs, damn it. Yeah. Well, then Dooley gets really shocked that um, he lays, Charlie lays an egg, despite the fact that he's already witnessed it in the... Yeah, he does, (laughs) in, in the lab. I was a bit confused by that. No, it seemed to indicate right, it's that just perfectly normal behaviour for him. But even you know it's a boy. Yeah, and then um, Katie gets really happy that um, it's going to save lots of money because mm. they've now got free eggs. It's all very the good life, isn't it? Yeah, um, but then um, Dooley obviously remembers that the duck's been through the uh, radioactive machinery, so maybe we shouldn't be eating the eggs because they might be radioactive. Let's bury them in the garden. Um, and when he's out burying them at night, um, I don't know why he decides to wait. Um, just because, not to raise awareness that they've got a duck, I guess. Or maybe they've got because they've got a radioactive duck specifically. No, I don't think it's the radiation. I just think they didn't want to cause a scene because they know yeah. like neighbours are nosy anyway, especially Hooper. Just thought he'd leave it to the dead of night before he. Buried these eggs. Yeah, so he's burying Why the eggs. Why don't you just chuck them in the bin? Well, if you're worried that they're radioactive, maybe don't bury them in your own garden. I mean, bury it in Hooper's garden. Chuck it in his swimming pool instead. Yeah, or, you know, out, you know, go fly tipping with a single egg. Mm. <laughs> but um, as they're trying go, to... Go egg someone. Yeah, anything you like. But um, as he smashes the egg whilst trying to bury it, um, they realise that there's a golden egg inside. And then we get a... Yeah, we get a comic bit where Fred's looking over the garden fence like what the fuck are you doing Mm. burying an egg in the middle of the night and again I think that's what this film tries to pass as comedy because it's not funny no not really I just I think it was their way of introducing Fred into his main plot yeah and and his involvement in it why is he out at midnight Fred needs to reel his neck in he does is what he needs to do he needs to be concerned about getting a proper lawyer job where he gets paid yeah because apparently he's not been but From here, we go back to the lab. Dooley is testing the egg and asks his boss if uh, radiation can uh, make organic matter inorganic, which is obviously what's happened. And his boss mentions a previous experiment in the 1900s, um, which proved that a change in uh, yolk materials could be possible, which I think is really funny that it's so specific. Like, he just asked the vague organic matter into inorganic matter, and it turns out the ex- very ex- exact thing has been done with a duck. Mm. Which was just a bit... Yeah, weird. so the, the duck one was probably a bit contrived. Oh. You, you could have just said an animal of some sort. Yeah, sorts. could have done anything else, yeah. I just liked how he, like, 
picked that fact out of the air, though. It's yeah. a very random thing to remember, because I imagine in their jobs they've got a shitload of stuff just to remember regardless. Yeah, and then going back, um, they go to the a testing lab, yeah. um, So they're, which has basically looked at the molecular structure of the golden egg, um, and they reveal that there is pectin from apples, and there's also elements of garlic in the in the metal as well. So, by the sounds of it, it's the very unique thing of the duck eating his sandwich before then yeah, getting mediated. getting nuked. That or, has... Otherwise, you just microwave every duck going, wouldn't you? Yeah. So this uh, the lab technician basically says that it is mostly pure gold, which is great for a man who is really struggling with his bills. Convenient, that's for sure. Mm. Sorry, I was just choking on my orange monster then. Well, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Neither did that. Moving on. Million Dollar Duck. Then we get back home. Um, Fred's round for some reason. Yeah, we... say like, sod off, Fred. Yeah, he's he, he knows something's up and he's not... Get your own family, you loser. <laughs> so he duly tells Katie about the golden eggs. And sh- this is this is when she does the Julie Andrews impression. Yes. Because um, she's given Charlie to the farmer, basically. Yeah. So this is uh, one way to fill 10 minutes of the film off anyway. Yeah, so then we get a comedy scene where they go to the farm to try and get the duck back. Yeah. And then this... Wouldn't you know it? Charlie's been put in a field with shitloads of other... Like, literally about 300 other ducks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all white ducks, so we can't tell them apart. Yeah. Um, and we get, put it in commas, like, funny scene where the they're all on their knees... Barking at all of the ducks because they want to simulate the conditions that caused him to lay an egg yeah. previously. Because apparently he's horny for dogs, and uh, but only of a particular tone. Right? Oh yes, it's been de- it's been decided that it's a specific tone uh, pitch that they have to bark in. It's basically like when you're on Pornhub and you search for something very niche. <laughs> this is what this duck's into. I'm very tempted to go on Pornhub right now and see if we can find like what would be the closest porn to million dollar duck. No, I just. Uh, uh, I can think of multiple titles they could use. The obvious one's Million Dollar Dick. <laughs> well, I was thinking Million Dollar Fuck as well. <laughs> Let's not do that. No. Just complete aside, I was very tempted after the episode we did on Black Hole. No, where we mentioned the whole bit with uh, Vincent the Back Civilian just uploading that whole scene onto Pornhub and just seeing what it did. Yeah. Yeah. I'd... Although I think it'd be a bit more niche because obviously because they're both identify themselves as male, you have to be respect man, so it has to go on Pornhub gay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe oh. you do that and then like um, as soon as the clip finishes, you just put an ad for this podcast on it. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we get sued by Disney for one thing. There's plenty of other Disney podcasts they've got to sue before they get to the dregs that is us. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I put quite detailed notes for the farm, but that's basically all it boils yeah, well, down to. Uh, well, uh, so they can't find the duck. Jimmy, the prick, gets into a massive grump. Walks out back, close of the gate, so all the ducks start swimming out escaping into the river. Into the escaping. River, yeah. So this poor farmer's just lost 300 ducks down the river. And uh, Charlie follows Jimmy back to the car anyway, so that's all we need to do. So finally, yeah, at least we know which one it is. Yeah, I, I love, uh, they need, so they wanted evidence to prove that it was actually Charlie. And they start barking at it. And I love how Albert 
uh, his version of Wolfing is go, Roof! Yeah. Roof! <laughs> it's very like um, method actor kind of. Yeah. I'm a thespian, and this is my acting voice, but at the same time trying to bark. <laughs> Roof! <laughs> Yeah, apparently it works. It's it's what makes the eggs happen. So yeah, we get our second uh, egg. Um, and then we go back home and Albert's been working out the maths and reckons that with the weight of the gold, they can probably make themselves 100 grand a day. And Katie has... I think each egg is worth $900. Something like that. Yes. So yeah, for a whole batch of eggs, you could get 100,000 a day. And then Katie's washed Fred's clothes and ruined them. Mm. So again, it's lol shit housewife is the joke. So I mean, nine, 900 to get 10 grand. Yeah, let's work... Let's work out 100,000 so, divided by 900. So that's, what, like about... That's 111 eggs every day. Oh yeah, Charlie would have a right floppy vagina after all that lot. <laughs> yeah, considering that this, there is a lot of maths involved in this film. Yeah. Like, they've not, they're not right. <laughs> the figures are not right, Chris. Uh, we've not even got to the best bit about the figures yet. But that comes up right at the end. I've made a note, so I'll remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... At this point, I was getting really frustrated with the portrayal of Katie because it's a very one-dimensional... I mean, everyone in this film is one-dimensional, but it's that stereotype of the entirety of her existence is to be a housewife. Yes. And she's not... She's she's not very good at it. It's a joke. It's the joke that she's not good at it. Imagine trying to do that in 2019. Yeah. I might try that. Like, I might start screenwriting again. Just have like a really ditzy housewife. See how long it takes before I'm cancelled. People have to know who you are before you get cancelled, though, mate. Hey, I'm famous. Oh, I did well, that video once. Yeah, you're. you're I, I, I've got 400 followers, you know, with only 150 uh, following. That's a bloody good ratio. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a your audience is all wrestling fans, Chris. So they'd probably take it as um, well. They all, wouldn't get the satire, I don't think. Well, in all fairness, you know, most wrestling fans are subhuman, so <laughs> yeah, they'd probably just think, yeah, you're right. Housewives are stupid. There are a lot of wrestling fans. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. Or am I? <laughs> no. Definitely not. Your, your your opinion of the local scene has soured of, of late, hasn't it, Chris? Yes, it has. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. After an incident. Yes, let's... Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Anyway, so... Um, Fred decides that he wants to be Dooley's lawyer, mm. uh, so he can make... He, basically, he wants to make the business seem legit without government interference. Yeah, because he explains that they need to get legal protection right away, so don't spend any of the money just yet. Yeah, don't spend anything except for the bills. Yes. So not to raise suspicion until they become a legitimate business. At this point, I was like, the kids in the audience must have been dead interested in this in 1971. Well, we get further into that very quickly, but this is a weird film in that it presents itself as a kids' film, but I don't think it is. No, I don't either. It's I've never seen any film quite like it. It's weird. I was thinking about this earlier on, and in cinema, it's very well. In any form of entertainment, it's very rare you get a film designed for adults that doesn't have swearing and bloody blood everywhere and piss and shit and 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 all the other adult themes. It's very rare to get and that. A film for adults that's quite family-friendly and PG. I can't even think of any film like it. No, I guess. You know that's friendly, but not for kids. 
I would say Forrest Gump would be the closest. That's got very adult... I mean, kids do watch it, but it's got quite adult themes, but is still reasonably light-hearted. I don't like that film. Really? No, because I, I find the politics of it problematic. In it, what it, way? It, it basically says if you're a free-thinking, independent person, bad shit will happen to you. But if you're like Forrest Gump and you conform to everything, then good things will happen. I find it quite a right-wing film. I would tell us what you think. Develop us <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> oh shit! I just unplugged me headphones. Lots of shit things happen to Forrest Gump as well, but I think he just doesn't. Realise it. Appreciate it. Yeah, mm. maybe it's just that other people with more self-awareness um, feel the negative impact more. I suppose so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I still don't like the message. Yeah. Anyway, back to Forrest Dump. Uh, well, yeah, not really. Million dollar dump, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then we get the next scene, which I thought was somewhat funny. Of um, So Jimmy's in bed, he's not really got any covers on him. Oh, wait, before... <laughs> you're getting ahead of yourself again, Chris, because before that... We have the, again, very gripping segment where Dooley is getting so excited at the potential of what he can do with his money to the point where he may be able to re-shingle his house. <laughs> Which is a, a thing he got excited about. And again, who the fuck cares what you're doing with your house? So let's say if you had a million dollars because you had a duck that shits everywhere. <laughs> well, what's the most boring thing you'd do with that money? Well, like, like, legitimately, what would you do? Well, I'd regrout my bathroom tiles because uh, it's all chipping up the grouting. Oh, fair that would, that would be... oh, and the other thing is, um, our shower in the main bathroom upstairs has a crack in the base, so I would replace my shower. But if I had just won the lottery, I wouldn't tell all my friends about it. Yeah, even the people that knew my shower was bust, which is now oh, all, all of our listeners. listeners. <laughs> All six of you. <laughs> uh, the most boring thing I'd do is I'd buy a new car, but it'd just be another Ford Fiesta. <laughs> yeah, like... Like, like legitimately, I'm not interested in sports cars or anything like that. I'd just buy a new car. Yeah, I don't... Cars are a weird one. Even if I was a millionaire, I would still just be fine with my Volkswagen Polo. I've never understood... Cars are a tool to get you from one place to another. I don't need the fanciest one. I don't get it. Like, I don't need something that goes really fast because, you know, you can only go, like, 70, sort of, maybe 71 miles per hour on a motorway. Where are you going to use that speed? I've got my own sat-nav, and I've got a 64 gigabyte memory card that plugs into my stereo. So I've got lots of music, and I know where I'm going. That's all I need. Oh, well, I've got Bluetooth. I can Spotify. Oh, right fancy. All the new metal. Listen to a bit of Spineshank earlier on. <laughs> Spineshank? What did they... New disease. It was on. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Oh, was it? Was it? It was one of the interview with the vampire films, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I believe Sean Palmer's pro snowboarding. Was it, was it Queen of the Damned that it was from? Yes, Queen of the Damned. Yeah, e- that sounds about right. Every, every new metal song that we were listening to was on the Queen of the Damned soundtrack. Yeah. It makes that film a whole lot better than what it actually is. That's one thing I've never actually uh, watched was any of the Anne Rice films or read any of the books. I watched it once. It was a bit enough, to be fair. It's like, um, you know, Daredevil still on Ben Affleck. So, to- totally carried by the new metal in that film. It's like the most gripping bit, and like, Bring Me to Life by Evanescence kicks in, and I'm like, yes, now Ev- we're talking. Everyone disses um, new metal as a genre that has no lasting appeal, but um, 
the films it was used on have aged even worse than the music. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the films have been eclipsed by their awful soundtracks in a lot of cases. To be fair, I um I, I like watching those like turn of the millennium films now because they've aged so badly. But it's like ah, oh, that's nostalgia. But I, I, I'll tell you about my other projects I'm going to do because by the time it comes out, so my new project is I'm going to start buying all sorts of uh, old new metal albums on CD. And just start right. collecting them, because oh, yeah? because people like buy vinyl and all that lot. But unfortunately, all, all of new metal happened when vinyl was basically dead, so none of them ever got released. The few times I've sought out like new metal and emo stuff from that era, it is bloody expensive if it did come out. Yeah, like um, I really want because. Every so often I'll DJ a party and use my records, so I do like to have like the big hitters just in case people want to listen to them. Yeah. And uh, one thing I really wanted was um, Conspiracy of One by The Offspring, because yeah. I loved that album at the time, and like it's got some good bangers on it. It was only released at the time in a very limited run, and it's at least £100 to buy an Offspring album, <laughs> which is not, you know, when you're buying it to play maybe two times a decade, Like I'm not dropping 100 quid at once. Well, if you start paying 100 quid for it, then you don't want to play it, do you? Because... So it loses value. Uh, yeah, I buy records, but I'm not. I don't consider myself a collector in the sense mm. that I'm not precious about any of them. They're all going to be open. They're all going to be played. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's not many. Uh, well, there's no album that I would pay that much money for. No, I say I'm just trying to think. Never isn't for me either. No, like I kept to because I've stopped buying records now because I just sort of thought, well, I don't really get a chance to listen to them. But there's one I was sort of tempted, which is Melancholy of the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins. Oh yeah, that would be a good one on Tavern Final. Yeah, uh, but that's hovers between ninety and hundred quid, and that's right. like the, the remastered 2012 edition as well. I mean, a few sort of albums from our era have obviously recent, now that vinyl's gotten big, have been re-released. Like, yeah. um, I mean, you can even find Hybrid Theory in HMV yeah, these days. Yeah, that's like one of the rare new arms that are available on like 15 quid as well. Yeah, I've got that one, but I think they've probably released them in quite a quite a large quantity. Yes, yeah. But, you know, there's no like chocolate starfish and, and all that lot. What a crying shame, eh? But, yes, yes it is. <laughs> but, like, New Metal was very much of a Pro Tools CD sort of era anyway, so I yeah. don't think it would work on vinyl anyway. No. Anyway. Million Dollar Duck. You know what, I'd almost rather just talk about New Metal for another Yes, now you're hour. talking. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound of Chris closing his notebook. Yep. So, uh, we get the scene next where Albert's so precious of a duck... Instead of tucking Jimmy to bed, he tucks the duck into bed as, instead, which, yep. damn right, he should oh, do. And they were on their way up to bed because um, it's implied that um, Katie's up for a shag because uh, she's so happy that they've got all this money. Million dollar and, shag. And then... <laughs> oh, million dollar fuck. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the porn hub. Um, but then when she witnesses Dooley forget to tuck Jimmy in, she instantly goes cold yeah. and doesn't want to shag him anymore, which is absolutely fair enough, I'd say. Million dollar wank. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then next morning Jimmy's been handed his lunch not 
intentionally, but in the shot, he smacks Charlie the Duck in the head with the lunch bag. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very brief, but I just had a little giggle to that. That was the funniest thing of this whole film, I thought. <laughs> Accidental animal abuse. Yeah, and then the bank rings mm. and says that they've been writing bad checks because obviously they were skint. And whilst Katie's on the phone, Charlie jumps out of a window and lays an egg. And that's all I'd written about that. I can't remember what the significance. Um, well, she goes, oh, the ducks just shit the mega can use that to pay off the, oh, yeah, uh, because of they owe on the house. That's it, because... So, a few hundred quid. Because Fred's basically said, don't spend the money. And yes. then she instantly spends the money. Spends the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she goes to the bank and tries to pay with the egg um, and is escorted to a mustachioed bloke. Who explains that you can't just pay gold directly to the bank. Uh, you've got to take it to a finery instead. Yeah. Um, and so, and any gold has yeah it has to be turned into the Federal Reserve. But if they want to use the money, they can take it to a refinery that will just buy it off them. Yeah. And so, the note I'd put here was snore. <laughs> like, um, I'm learning more about the US's handling of its gold reserves than I am having a good time in a Disney romp. Well, they take the film in, shall we say, a rather interesting direction, and I'm still not sure if it's to their fault. I know you'll say it's to their fault. But we'll get to it very shortly. I have an idea but, of what you might be thinking, but yeah, okay. Yeah. So basically, Katie goes to the refinery, um, and they do they swap the egg for a check. Yep. Um, and she buys a new hat. Of course, she does. Yeah. Um, and then nice hat to be fair. Dooley's pissed off that he's she's been round telling everybody. Um, Fred, because just to point out, you know, she tells them point. She told them point blank, "Yeah, I got it from my duck." But everyone's kind of thinks that she's mucking about, basically. Yes, but she's handed over a golden egg, so mm. you'd think there would there could be something there. But yeah, they all laugh it off. Maybe they're laughing at her because you know her no isn't the story about a goose. <laughs> You're really obsessed with this goose idea, aren't you? The golden goose. It yeah. just makes sense. Yeah, it does. You're right. What's this million dollar duck bullshit? The whole goose that lays a golden egg, it's a very British panto kind of thing. Maybe it's not as big a deal in America. Maybe Americans don't know about it. Oh, oh is this like sort of way how we're vague called Lara Croft Laura instead? If they've got to translate it to the American audience, it's got to be a good old American duck. Do Americans really call her Laura? Yes. Still? I'm not sure still, but they did do. I had no idea. I went for like two years of watching Buffy at the time thinking that Tara was called Tara because that's like as in T-E-R-A or something because everyone calls her pronounces it Tara Tara. and then like I eventually saw it written down in a book or something and it was Tara it's like what? well that's nothing I thought Xander was spelt with Z (laughs) fucking Xander and we're re-watching Buffy at the minute and he's He's a character that's not aged well. That's very funny because uh, my mate Davey, he's watching it as well. And his main comment is, Xander is trash. Yeah, at the time, thought he was pretty funny and quite... But I watched it again the year before last and I didn't have that many issues with him. I honestly feel like every time I watch Buffy my opinions on things do differ. Mm. Like Because we only watched it maybe less than two years ago and I didn't have as much of an issue with Xander as I do now but every mm-hmm. every viewing changes so drastically but again like this time for me I used to really hate Tara because I thought she was a bit of a drip but this time I thought she was a really good character the whole of season six suddenly makes sense 
sense to me as a 30-year-old compared to a 16-year-old. Exactly. Yeah, like the character of Dawn as well. I feel like when we were kids, she just came across as a little whiny bitch. But now when you watch it, you have more of a worldview where you understand why someone would feel the way she feels. Yeah, so you have so much empathy for her this time around. And I think my last viewing was when Dawn was a big, there was a big difference in Dawn, and this time it seems to be the big difference in Xander, yeah. where I just don't like... And Cordelia as well. Really love Cordelia more and more each viewing. Yes, and the thing is... I mean, I, I, I think I've said this to you before, but I don't like Angel for series at all. No, but, and I, I understand why. But saying that, Cordelia's character development, that is probably the best thing that we've done in the Buffyverse. I would be, agree, Because yeah. she's she went from this like really selfish character just been really caring and like so selfless. Then of course Fionn did all of that like in Series 4 which still pisses me off. <laughs> when she's just like oh you're, you're a god now, bye. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm not even Cordelia anymore. Soz. I'm just gone. But yeah, say weird interpretations but I didn't find that much issue with Xander apart from maybe the little bits of Series 6 where it all goes tits up with Anya. Spoilers. <laughs> but apart from that but even then, you can sort of justify why he walks away from the Yael and all that lot. I think my take on Xander at the minute is, like, the things he does I find really problematic as an adult watching. But at the same time, having been a teenage boy at... Oh, is this uh, all the high school stuff where he's trying to yeah, let's circumnavigate around to dating Buffy? Yeah, and when, every, when anyone dismisses... Well, not dismisses him, but when anyone turns him down, he gets very dismissive of them. And, you know, he he gets turned down by Buffy, has to be turned down by Buffy multiple times. Yeah. And it's things like that where, as an adult watching, I cringe every time. But having been a teenage boy at the, pretty much the same time as Buffy, I, I kind of understand where Xander's coming yeah, from. But it doesn't accurate. stop him. It's accurate, but it's still not, right. not fun to watch. No. Anyway, um, anything to not talk about this film, eh? I've still got my hot take later on. Yeah. Thing is, um, yeah, but so back to Million Dollar Duck. This is, I think this is a bit where Fred comes in and explains, hang on a minute, hoarding gold is actually illegal. Yes. We cannot set up a fake company and you can get to um, to file all this gold, but yeah, it turns out it can be jailed and everything. Yeah, uh, you can get ten years in jail in 1971 for hoarding gold on your premises. Yeah, um, so don't do it in 1971. I don't mm. know if the laws have changed. I don't think we're all done because, well, as we quickly get into, basically hoarding gold when it's based on an economy on bloody gold, bloody reserves and such, and they base the value of everything on that. They need to have all the gold in their possession to know what everything yeah. is worth. So yeah. if you're just hoarding it away, that's a big no-no. Yeah, and Fred but says that... It's not exactly Disney film, though, is it? No, that's it. Like Everything that I'm learning, I'm like, oh, this is very interesting. But as a 31-year-old man, yeah. I'm finding it quite interesting. But I, when I was 10, I would not be. Um, but then, yeah, um, Fred tells Katie that they'll lock her up as a nut job if, uh, if she says where she's got these... This gold from well, like I said, it turns out she's been telling this, and they've just been laughing at her. So the story's so outlandish, she's got away with it. But oh, it... and then yeah, and then she says that. Um, well, I did say where I got it from, and they didn't lock me up. And then Fred says, "Yes, but you are a 
and then tails off. And basically what he's going to say is, yeah, but you're a stupid woman, basically. Yeah. He's like, you, you're you an idiot woman that no one will believe. And I'm just like, ugh, gross. Sexual politics for some is but you should it... You should get ten years in jail for hoarding misogyny. Yeah! Crush the patriarchy. Males, eh? <laughs> Bloody males. Men are gross. Yeah. I mean... So they go through all this, yeah, it's such an outlandish explanation, ha 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 ha, then in the next scene, she does it, and then everyone calls her treasury anyway. <laughs> yeah. Or other refinery blokes, because they think, well, hang on a minute, this don't make much sense. Yeah, because she tells the truth and nobody believes her. The guy that she's talking to is an absolute patronising fuck. She doesn't leave an address, she le- she runs out without leaving any details, is, is the bit that sets them up to... I, I do quite like it. I was like saying, but wait, we don't have your address. And she just goes, it's okay, I have it. And that was a good line. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Katie, at this point, starts coming out with like really weird turns of phrases that are incorrect. And I think it's supposed to be funny, but it happens so quickly. Like, hang on a minute. Is that meant to be... Yeah. Is that meant to be the joke? And after like three or four, I didn't write them down, but after three or four, you realise, oh, okay, she's suddenly got this gimmick where she's just doesn't know basic phrases this whole sequence had um, the trademark that we've seen in other films so far of like a larger plot line being trimmed quite down yes to be very efficient of her going to all these different places and making lol jokes about giving up, up gold but yeah it does it's so fleeting that you do miss some of the actual jokes yeah um and then yeah she goes to another refinery and they're looking suspiciously through the window at her <laughs> and then we cut to Dooley checking out a sports car <laughs> and he looks at the price and uh mutters that um oh that's less than half a dozen eggs which that, again that's... That, that poor egg that poor duck i should say <laughs> yeah he's probably just like Sat there, sweltering, panting, knackered, going, please no more. You know that scene in The Simpsons where, is it the devil's throwing donuts into Homer oh, constantly? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine like some kind of system like that, but for the duck laying eggs. So you like donuts, do you? Oh, some like, om, 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 om. Like two hours later, om, om, om. But, you know, so it's the rough, y- rough, 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 rough. So then we cut... To the US Treasury Department. Disney! <laughs> oh, and this is this is 52 minutes into the film, Chris. Yeah. Do you know how I know it was 52 minutes into the film? Because you had to stop it for a while. I did. I absolutely gave up at this point, and I didn't come back to it for four days. Fucking hell. Because I'd had enough. I, I think you told me about this, because didn't we record an episode in between? We spoke when we were doing Condor Man. Yeah. I'd already watched it by then, and you hadn't. Hmm. But... Good lord, I was so bored by this film. And also, like, it's such a fiddly plot to try and ha- make notes about, figuring out what's going to be relevant later on. Because it's, it's completely so, unlike any film I've ever watched. It's a very bizarre one. I mean, let, let me just cover what's actually said. So, there's a rumour of synthetic gold being banded about by this crack operation of people with bloody golden eggs. Yeah. And... Basically, because there's so much new gold unaccounted for in suddenly in circulation, this has widespread effects on the bloody world economy. Yeah, so we get we hear like so we get a call from like China and England yeah. and South Africa, or like wondering if like America's spreading false gold into the economy. They to... found the president of the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, and like... apparently the White House is there as well. They found the State Department, whether or not it's a rumor or not. <clears throat> 
other countries are panicking. They it, phone, yeah, they phone, and it's Nixon. It's not even like <coughs> just you know, like a, they normally do in fantasy films where it's just a random person who's yeah. a random president. This is a guy being Nixon. <laughs> it's such for a film like this about a duck that shits gold. It's such a weird, a weirdly realistic take. Yeah. Oh, it, it, spin on on this plot you just think oh yeah this is going to be pure fancy yeah they're going to spend too much money they're going to realise it's about family after, after all but they're going down this ultra realistic route yeah and, and we never actually see like these comic fantasy elements like you say of them actually we never see them spend the money on anything I don't think they actually make a single purchase do they? No because uh, uh, that's, that's where you would normally go with this plot and for good reason because it's interesting to watch is you want to see them move into a mansion you want to like, see them get ridiculous so like yeah Jimmy really wants a dog and suddenly there's a room full of dogs and yeah it's a bit like the bit in the Escape to Witch Mountain where they go to the foster home and then there's like the big rooms like full of toys and all that like you expect something like that but yet they go through this really weird angle and it's like they've again we've talked about potential budgetary restraints on these films and it's almost as if like the plan was to make this film about like people living in absolute opulence and luxury but then they their budget was less than a million pounds yeah and they just couldn't afford they couldn't even afford to rent anything to just have on the shot like mm. oh it's so weird now here's here's one of my hot takes i sort of like that they tried to go this route right i don't think it fully works because it's the wrong film it's a disney film about a duck who yeah. shits millions of pounds and but I do sort of like that we try to go this hyper-realistic roots, if you know what I mean. I My hot take is I wondered if this film was actually sponsored and endorsed by the US Treasury Department. It wouldn't surprise me. Because you know how um, the US military funds all your big blockbusters? Yeah. Like things like Battleship and... and Transformers. It, even and Independence Day yeah, was, yeah. had like a lot of money bankrolled by the US military so that they're shown in a positive light in the film. And mm. I honestly was like, this is so dry with its delivery that it made me think that there was government intervention in this film. So what you're saying is that we're trying to pick up the next generation of people working for the Treasury? Well, I don't know what the aim was. I don't know if it was that. or Was there an issue with gold hoarding in the US at the time? Maybe the US economy was really struggling and they wanted to make sure that people at home weren't hoarding gold or trying to do it over the government. It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. This is something I should have researched before coming on. but I, I, I had a quick look. I couldn't find much No. on uh, anything at all about the film. But do you know what I mean? Like... Because it is so incredibly dry and realistic and droll, mm. I honestly wondered if the US government were the people involved in the production. So, uh, wouldn't you know it, Hooper, the next-door neighbour, is in that board meeting, so he's on the case yep. to investigate it, and he's very unsubtle about it, and immediately gets accused by his wife for perving on Katie. Yes, (laughs) so this this is an ongoing gag where every time he's trying to spy on them, Katie's there, so his wife thinks he's a perv. Um, Dooley comes home. um, (laughs) There's this bit where Dooley comes home, and they have a chat, and for some reason Hooper's not wearing any trousers. I didn't spot this. Well, no, (laughs) you must have missed a whole section, because... 
he comes home, they have a conversation, and Dolly's like, why aren't you wearing any trousers? And he's just there in his boxes. And I don't, genuinely don't know why or how this joke works. Who? Hooper? Hooper was just in his pants. Uh, yes, he was. Now I remember. Yeah, it was just in his pants claiming to be trimming the hedge. But yeah, he but wasn't why... wearing pants, yeah. No. And he was. his plan was to look like he was trimming the hedges anyway. Mm. Like, that was his cover... It wasn't like it was a rush judge. I don't understand why he was just in his pants, Chris. Because he was pervert on Katie. Yeah, his wife maybe had a had a had him pegged straight away. Well, there's a reason why he didn't see below the belt line. <laughs> and then Dooley's uh, shitting himself that Hooper's on to him. Ding. <laughs> Fred rocks up in uh, a bright in the bright yellow sports car that Dooley would looking up yep. at earlier. Um, and, and basically, spend uh, any like being discreet about not spending money is completely out the window now. Fuck it. Yeah. Um. And then Fred suggests um, the perfect uh tax write off for all of his money for a, basically for a business that will fail is uh, Dooley's wrought iron sauna baths. So the joke there being that wrought, no one wants to sit in a wrought iron bath. Uh, I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, that's that's the. Even the jokes in this film are just so awful. They're quite dry. Really they? dry. Yeah, um, really subtle. And then Dooley worries that the, with it being a radioactive duck, that like with all radioactive material, there could be a half-life and the duck could eventually stop laying eggs. Yep. Um, and then they're all wondering where Charlie is and he is out. As you you know, as ducks do, they've gone out. Mm. Um, but yeah, Jimmy and Charlie have gone to the Wadlow boys, um, who are tooling around on their hot rod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these are two like neighbourhood kids who keep driving their car around, yeah, there was causing a, people to crash. There was a previous insignificant scene yes, earlier there was, on that yeah. set this up. Um, but yeah, Charlie is on the workbench, and when he sits on top of a bat- the battery car battery, he starts glowing. Yeah. And so the Wadlows try to buy him off. Um, Jimmy, but he won't do it. Um, they manage to get a current flowing through Charlie so they can play music. I mean, obviously this is all special effects, but again, it's like people in the 70s just didn't give a fuck about animals. They'll no, do what they like to them. Poker duck, see what happens. <laughs> so Dooley and Fred turn up um, and say that, you know, this duck is not getting into that death trap of a car, uh, which you can understand why, because they don't want the duck a to... A car, you say? Y- yeah. What do you think is going to happen to that car later on? I wonder if it's going to be some sort of scene with it in. Oh, maybe all right, I see what you sequence. mean. A motor vehicle yes, setting up... Or maybe there's another vehicle as well. But what could a film possibly do with two vehicles in the same shot? No idea. Moving on. Well, apparently Disney had an idea, but only one yeah. for about a 40-year span. paste. <laughs> well, but actually, back then, your typewriters would be more like... Send it to a printing press <laughs> yeah. over and over again. And again, we get, you know, Dooley gives zero fucks about his own child because he's just worried about the duck. To um, be fair, have you seen that child? Yeah, he's a bit of a prick. Yeah, um, what a wanker. Then we're back home barking at the duck and it's not laying eggs. Um, and then it is laying eggs. So <laughs> never mind. <laughs> like, that's that's yeah, the next side. That's the scene, yeah. Yeah, there, there's worry that he might not be laying and then straight away he lays. Perv's looking through the window again um, and falls out of a tree. Yeah, well, then there's a weird scene coming up where Hooper acts, 
a bit noncy around Jimmy. Yeah, I actually um, did a little video of it because he is literally stranger danger when he <laughs> talks to <laughs> talks to Jimmy. Um, I put it on the new uh, Without a Mouse Instagram. Oh, which fantastic! We've not I, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. On Instagram, if you're on there, um, we are at Without a Mouse. I'll uh, get it up on my phone and play it through the mic because it's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed that all these Without a Mouse handles were available because it's such a good name. The only problem is when you Google it. It's mainly people asking if you can use a Mac without a mouse. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, should have thought of that. If you put podcast in it, it's always us. Yeah. Let's have a look. So this this is... Let me get the sound up. Uh, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Getting big, aren't you? <laughs> now, why don't you come over here? i got something to show you. <laughs> I bet he has. So, there you go. Yeah. I don't well, know if you can't show it to Katie. I want to know if um, it was written intentionally to sound pervy or if it was just a modern twist on it. Or if it was, you know. Well, I mean, he like, gives him a bike and everything. I mean, you might as well just give him an ice cream as well. <laughs> yeah, get him a van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think here he was just, just trying to coax uh, Jimmy to give him the duck away or, yeah. or to at least have it shit an egg out which but, it does which Jimmy does he shows uh, Hooper how this duck lays an egg Jimmy you fucking idiot I know Kitty warns uh, Dooley that it's happened who warns Fred um, yeah, I mean, uh, Katie intercepts before Hooper can pick up the egg, by the way, so there's still yeah. no hard evidence. That's yeah. important to know. But then we go back to the Treasury Department, and Hooper's telling his bosses about the duck, mm. um, who it, clearly don't believe him. They think duck is a gangland code word, quote. <laughs> yeah, um, but then the underlings, um, who have have also been snooping, and they believe that it could be real, because they've apparently seen these science things that Dooley's boss was talking about. Yeah. Which is all getting very contrived. It, it, it's a weird US Treasury uh, recruitment film, isn't it? It really Join is. Join our forces, stop us against fraudulent ducks. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a duck. <laughs> just like an image of a man with a leather jacket, but shoving a duck in the inside of it and just walking off. We should film that. We'll, we'll go down to uh, Discovery Centre. I was going to say, yeah, down to the pond. Yeah. Duck pond. Yeah, steal a duck. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what we should do for like a podcast extra, because I think we should like branch out to video. Do you reckon? Yeah, and uh, that's our first one. We'll just like woof at some dogs. Uh, no, woof some uh, ducks and geese until they chase us off. I will literally do any without a mouse videos you want to produce yourself. I will come and be involved. Fantastic. There you go. You were looking for a new pro- writing project. I was, yeah. There you go. I have ideas for little videos, but you know. Well, you know, Chris, I am an actor. Yeah. I'm I'm available for whatever project you require. God, it's like being twenty again. I'm gonna like do some very shit acting in front of it. Bill of Wrongs too. Bill of Wrongs too. Even wronger. <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> or bring it wrong. Bring it wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we get yeah another phone call. But to that's all like, the... like a, a porn parody of Bring It On. Bring it wrong. Bring it dong. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, my hidden talent is knowing what what all the <laughs> porn <laughs> parody names for things. Have I just start like throwing out random words at you? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we get um... the Lion King. Oh, I can't think of anything. I'd have gone for the Lion King. Oh well, oh that's very very tenuous, isn't it? Very allegrammy. Yeah. Well, you've won that one then. <laughs> 
I'm going to try and think of one after recording and then just splice it in here as if I'm really funny. <laughs> just like, uh, afterwards, just like record a five minutes thing. Just splice it in right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we get another round of phone calls from all the different countries. Um, Nixon says, get that duck. And it's just like, oh my God. Then we go home. Fred and Dooley are fighting over an egg. <sighs> Hooper, is it? You sound very excited here. I'm just rattling through it because it's just so boring. I mean... Oh, and <laughs> except for the part where um, Dooley says, I am the Eggman, which I thought was a very good little... Cuckoo, could you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the US Treasury turned up at the door. Yep. Could a neighbour, not at all suspicious. And they're all like, what, duck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Hello, hi, goons. And uh, so Charlie, no, Jimmy runs away with Charlie out through the back uh, back window upstairs, down that like gated thing and vines that all those American houses always have that we can climb down from. Yeah, we don't have them over here. It's Bit not a thing. We just like jump trellis, basically. Yeah, like a nice little trellis. What we'd do is we'd just jump and hope there's a bush underneath to sort of break our fall. Yeah. I mean, we just get punctured by all like the rows and needles anyway. So to be fair, our houses are a lot shorter than in America. Yeah, they just make them big, don't they? We just like madly annoy our ankles if we jump from a height. Yeah, so they escape out the window. Yeah, um, they et it away on Jimmy's bike with the duck in the uh, little basket on the front. <laughs> I was really hoping that they go over some kind of jump, and there was the... but no. instead of a moon, it's just like a post for U.S. Treasury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, wouldn't you know, here comes the car chase sequence. Oh, uh, going back to uh, the mistreatment of Katie, um, there's a great bit where they want to go upstairs, the treasury men want to go upstairs, and she says, I'm not going upstairs with some strange man. And then Dooley says, it's okay, Katie. So she does. And yeah. it's like, she's she's not allowed her own opinion. She's only a crazy housewife. So mm. she doesn't feel safe, but her well, husband says she's got to go. Well, at least he didn't like say, well, that didn't stop you at college, did it? <laughs> did it? <laughs> All right, Chris, don't don't bring it right down. <sighs> I like to bring all my podcasts down. Cinema was designed to be like this high-end uh, critic uh, like review show of like, Hover, because uh, Hover's got a really bad reputation. I really just thought, nah, fuck that. Knob gags. I've got some uh, Cinemortuary episodes downloaded, ready to listen to on my flight to Turkey next week. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm in Turkey next week. Oh, thanks for telling me. So, <laughs> No, not next week, week after. Okay, so we can at least record one more episode. Then. We can re- we'll get one done next week, and then, uh, but then we'll have enough. We'll be ahead, because yes. I'm only there for a week. That's good. Then I can schedule to be ill again for a few weeks after that. I'm off to... <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, go for it. I think uh, I'll... Uh... Have a really bad chest next time. Yeah, I've already treated myself to a stomach bug. <laughs> Going for the whole set. Yes. So here comes the elongated chase around town. Yeah. In motor vehicles. In cars. AKA the car chase. So because we're keeping score out of all the films that could have a car chase in it, this is five out of five for us. Every film that's not in space has a car chase. Yeah. Not in space, have a car chase. I can't That's... remember, in, in your uh, decom, decombulated... Decombobulated. Decombobulated side projects. How many car chases so far out of two? Well, the the, look, the brilliant thing with the decom is that um, all the children are unable to drive. 
because well, they're all all the the two films we've watched so far are about tweens. So no, there has not been a car chase. There's been like a scooter chase. Not even a scooter chase. No skateboard no, chase. No kind of vehicular chase. Roller skate the closest chase. we've had was some surfing. Surfing chase. But only one surfer. Radical. Although I suppose you could call the thunderstorm the the chaser. Storm, yeah, could do, yeah. Million dollar duck. Million dollar duck. Um, so, I mean, if there's a bit where they're back of a, basically it's a rag and bone man, isn't it? The yeah. back, back of his truck, so the treasury pull up, try and dig the duck out from there, but it turns out they've already moved on to a bin wagon. There's The note that I wrote was that it was the shittest car chase in cinema history. And the reason was, I thought that this car chase, like, it does develop later on, but the very beginning, the car chase literally lasts about 12 seconds. Yeah. It... And then it halts to then take up again later. But because we're watching it as I'm writing, I honestly thought it was a 12-second car chase and that was it. Because yeah. <laughs> then they stop and it's just like... Oh. All the budget's gone. Yeah. We spent it on gold. But yeah, Charlie waddles off. Um, the Wadlows um, turn up again in their hot rods to give... Um... Jimmy and Charlie a lift. Yep. yep. And then... So we go to more chasing, and then they've got uh, Dooley. Uh, was it just Dooley in, in a car? Because I can't he, remember Katie he's, being there. Yeah, he steals a telecom vehicle, doesn't he? Which has got a big cherry picker on yeah. the back. I'll take it as of a shithole of a car's being taken out somehow. Yeah. So then, oh, that was Fred steals that. Then Dooley's on foot, ends up chasing. Yeah, then he finds the cherry picker, mm. um, smacks some sign painters around the face. I think what they'll go for here, so we've got like, what, four different vehicles in play here? Yeah. All sorts of different hijinks. Uh, yeah, because like Albert's in like one of those stern bloody master yeah. sort of cars. Or I think they're trying to do a mad, 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 mad world here. Well, mad world as in... Yeah, yeah as in, you, you know, the uh, film about where they have to go find, there's like some treasure somewhere and like... All these different vehicles go across the country trying oh, to find it. I've not seen that. It's like it's almost four hours long, but it's really bloody good. Right, I do recommend it. I'll have to give that a go. Yeah, um, but like uh, the chaos, uh, the chaotic nature in that, um, I think we're trying to do it here. Right, uh, yeah, Tony, our Lord and Savior of We Made This, is a big fan of that film as well. He's also a big fan of uh, the Herbie films, and yes, as he, is, yeah. he asked on the Twitter message group the other day if he could be uh, a guest on when we finally get round to some Herbie films so happily yes watch this space Tony yeah um yeah uh, one note that I had from this car chase was um why are the Wadlows even so invested in in helping out because they bet all they know is that this duck lights up at this point um because they've sort of established themselves as anti-establishment man yeah so I, I think they sort of Empathise with Jimmy being this oppressed child. Maybe. Um, that is it, basically. Because uh, I don't think they realise it's the US Treasury chasing them or anything. No, that's it. They don't know who's who they're trying to save or yeah. why. Plus, but it's yeah. exciting just to I be suppose. chased around, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they spent all this time making this hot rod. They're going to get the money's worth. Exactly. Um, but yeah, then we have a weird parkour scene where they're jumping around on the roof of a parking lot. Um, and Jimmy ends up trying to waddle across a ladder oh, this this bit didn't make much sense to me so what sort of adult or in this case two adults thinks 
Well, we're a bit stuck here. I know. We'll put a ladder between two buildings and have a, a rickety wooden ladder and we'll have a child crawl across it. No one would think that. No well, one's saying anyway. As you say, they're supposed to be hippies, aren't they? So they're probably high at this point. Yeah. Um, Is that the implication, do you reckon? But then Dooley gets to the edge and he's trying to help, but uh, Jimmy's telling him to go away. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, what a cunt. And it's all like, as soon as the ladder's breaking, he's like, Daddy, help me. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. you've had your chance. Goodbye, but, son. Yeah, and then um, the duck ends up with the G-men um, and Dooley gets arrested. Um, Katie seems completely not phased by the fact that her husband's yeah. going to prison. This is, uh, yeah, again, the, which hyper- I'm not surprised. the hyper-realistic through. It's like, yeah, he's been arrested for hoarding gold and all these other technical infractions. It's not like he's been drug smuggling or anything like that. No. And then um, we get a, sh- a sort of final scene, which is um, in the courtroom, yeah. and the duck itself gets taken to court, um, <laughs> and Hooper is asked to demonstrate the laying process, which doesn't work because he's doing it in the wrong pitch. Yeah. Um, but then Dooley steps in to demonstrate accurately, um, because he's... Uh, wants to be a good father. Yeah, bollocks. Finally learned his lesson, so he wants to suffer the consequences and get jailed for ten years away from his son. Well and, done. And luckily, it turns out that it's laid a normal leg because the radiation is depleted, yep. um, and the judge basically says, "Just pay your damn taxes." Um, and it's one big happy family in the crowd cheers as they leave the courtroom, which I don't understand. Yeah, why? Why, why is the crowd cheering? They don't know. Why is there a crowd? Why is there a crowd? It, it's the seventies. It was before Twitter. Nothing yeah. better to do. And that was the end of the film. Yeah, I don't. Well, I can tell you much through the last bit, but we are running over slightly because we've spent all our time discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer instead. So, yeah. So, final thoughts. Let's get straight to it. Let's not fuck about. What do you? What did you think of this? I enjoyed it. <laughs> really? I, yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, um, as soon as I twigged on that this wasn't a film for kids it was like this weird in between where it was family friendly but it's more aimed towards adults I quite liked how unique that was uh, I know the whole technical infractions of hoarding gold was a, probably a bit too dry but it was a very interesting angle to take especially for someone like Disney where you'd thought they'd play up to the fantasy a lot more I thought it was very interesting that we did this here I'd don't think it was fully successful in pulling it off, and you'll probably think not at all. But it tried something different, and I admired it for it. How about you, Tim? Spicy Woolly. <laughs> I honestly don't understand how you could enjoy this film. I appreciate that it was trying something very different. It's very obviously not a film for kids, but knowing Disney, I am sure it was marketed as such. Well, yeah, you had the cartoon at the beginning and everything. Precisely. So I imagine as an audience in the 70s, there would be a hell of a lot of people coming out of the cinema incredibly disappointed in what they saw. Mm. Uh, As we've said multiple times, it's incredibly dry with its delivery. So even though it's it obviously has its intentions and it pulls off those intentions well, I don't think it's a particularly enjoyable film in any way. As I've said, I reckon it's probably funded by the US Treasury Department. More so now thinking about the ending, which shows that you will go to court, you will mm. get imprisoned if you're proven to be whatever. And it, 
the happy ending does feel incredibly contrived yeah. just to have a happy ending. I just... hey, one thing I didn't bring up about the end there is that US Treasury didn't really do a good job in its maths. So did you know how much money the duelers had no. got from from having this stock? Oh, were you counting the, uh, no, the dings? No, it, it said it. Oh, did it? No. So they had $40,000 right. left over. Yeah. The title's called A Million Million Dollar Duck. <laughs> That's one of my main issues with a film. It's not actually accurate. That's a good point. Yeah, even when he's establishing how many how much money he could make in a year, it's a hundred thousand. Yeah. So the million dollar duck is literally a clickbait title because it's not accurate. Yeah. You'll never believe what this duck's worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sort of title. You remember the duck from Old MacDonald's Farm? Well, you'll never believe what he's <laughs> shitting out today. I've got a couple of facts here as well. Which, first one is one you won't believe whatsoever, but apparently this is one of three films that the critic Gene Siskel walked out of in his career. His entire career, this was one of the three. The other two being Maniac, the 1980 version, and... Black Sheep, made in Night Night Six, which I don't think I know that Black Sheep. I know right. there's like a dark comedy in like 2006. I so think two animal-based films, by the sounds of yes. it. Yes, he bloody hates animals. No, I can totally understand why someone would walk out of this film, because it, it's... I don't see at what point you go, okay, this is one of the worst films I've ever seen, I'm walking out now. I just don't understand where that point is. For me, it would it was definitely when we got to the U.S. Treasury Department because that's the point where you know how when we watched one of our dinosaurs is missing, yeah, and the chase, car chase scene in that was so ridiculous and it got more and more ridiculous at each point, which got to the point where I was thought it got funnier and funnier and funnier. Mm. I think the film, this film, starts really whimsical because you've got the golden egg, and then it gets drier and drier and drier and drier to the point where suddenly the U.S. Treasury Department are literally members of the cast and a part of the plot, yeah. and it just at that point it completely lost me because it had absolutely any sense of an entertainment value had been stripped away. Well, I found it more entertaining with the big shorts in terms of explaining the finances. Oh, I've not seen that. Because it's never the the plot of that's never appealed to me either. With a big shot, people think it's like really funny and like satirical and how it explains whole like financial system. Whereas I find it really patronising. Right. Okay. But, you know, I digress. But, um, the other f- uh, fun fact about this film: nominated for two Golden Globes. Wow. What for? Uh, best actor and best actress. Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the actor was the duck. And <laughs> yeah, the duck should have won the Golden Globe in the same way the duck no, should have won for, for the actress. Actually, no, the actress would have been the duck. <laughs> because, I don't know if you noticed, Chris, but it was a female duck. Called Charlie. Short for Charlotte. <laughs> and then the, my best actor nomination would be... Uh, the, the car. <laughs> <laughs> Hooper's absent trousers. <laughs> no, the, no... The, uh, Hooper's the, wife. No, Hooper's dog. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They would they would both be nominated just for that scene in the uh, pool. I think our awards someone should have the best pets award. Yeah. No, because then every film in the Oscar, every Oscar bait film would have a dog in it. Then <laughs> just sort of like someone like crying uh, over like this, like uh, a World War Two historical event. Like no, and suddenly <laughs> here, Tiddles. Um, a good 
anecdote about that kind of thing was um, when we were in youth theatre, we used to go to this drama festival to compete in um, Skegness every year. And one of the categories for awards in the festival was um, best um, adaptation written by the team, which meant every single other group would come and do like shows that their drama teacher had written. So they were all terrible. (laughs) Um, And then we came along and did like, a Brecht play <laughs> and just wiped the floor with them year after year after year because we just didn't go for that one award but would win everything else. Fantastic. So that, that's what would happen with the Oscars. Like if, It would be like everything would suddenly become a Disney film because they would have an animal sidekick to talk yeah. to. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, let's talk about some gems. How many... Ge- your, your gem count's going to make me walk out, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Go Se- on then. Seven. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I'm off, I'm leaving. Finally, I can turn this into a wrestling podcast. Seven? Seven. Right. So it's like joint second second best film I've seen so far, technically speaking. Right. I want you to justify every single gem right now. (laughs) One. (laughs) No, all right. Ding. Fine. (laughs) Um, This is the least enjoyable film we've watched in the whole podcast so far, in my opinion, I'm giving it a three. Oh, even I, worse than one of our dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, because of that car chase. Yeah, that know, car chase like... brought it. You know, ah, see, I, I didn't like that car chase. There was nothing sound-wise that was interesting. There was nothing visually appealing to look at in this film. There was no nothing in the plot that it made me want to keep. Watching to the point where I did stop watching. Fair enough, yeah. Anyway, so all there is left to do, and how we've argued with each other, yeah. is uh, to decide on what we're going to watch next. And it's technically my choice. Technically, yes, it is. Um, and I don't dare pick a film anymore because podcast over. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, so this is. So, so I've come to the decision that this week um, we're going to let um, our two listeners decide between them what they think we should watch. Um, so on um, the Disney Life app, I've basically screenshotted um, three films that we're going to put on the Twitter and we'll put it on the Instagram as well. And the three films um, to choose from are uh, Unidentified... Flying oddball. That's how you've invited spaders on your hand. Good strategy. You've got a notebook right there. <laughs> well, I didn't have a notebook when I was downstairs, so I wrote it on my hand, and then I needed a wee, and I had to wash my hands, so it's all gone. How do you wee? <laughs> all over the back of my hand. Isn't that what everybody does? <laughs> no, so, yeah, the first film, Unidentified Flying Oddball. Uh, number two, The Barefoot Executive. And number three, Gus. Gus. I haven't done any uh, research on these at all, apart from looking at the covers that are on Disney Life. Okay. Unidentified Flying Oddball has a picture of a man in a spacesuit in front of like a medieval castle. Mm. So I'm assuming there's some kind of time travel shit going on in that one. Um, the Barefoot Executive is just a picture of Kurt Russell. Yeah, I've I've seen because this one's on Sky Go. I've, I've oh, is se- it? Yeah, I've I've seen the posts of that, and it's basically Kurt Russell suit, no shoes on. And then Gus is a picture of a sport like looks like a baseball coach who looks a bit like a, an angry Steve Buscemi stood next to a donkey. 
I was going to say if it was an animal, because I had this picture of, like, a horse. Like, it's just about Gus, the horse. Yeah, any film that's a sync, like, just a first name usually means some kind of animal, doesn't it? Babe. Beethoven. Lassie. So, once this podcast that we're doing now goes live, I'll put um, a poll on on Twitter and maybe on Instagram as well. Um, So, yeah, where can people find you on Tinternet, Chris? Well, first of all, I think you'd better check out at Cinemortuary, my podcast, my, <laughs> my other podcast, Cinemortuary.com, since I've stolen a lot from there. Uh, my personal Twitter, you can find me at KidSwole, that's S-W-O-L. I hate the handle, but I have to keep it now. I had, a, I had an article written about me, included the thing. Ah, oh, right, yeah. yeah. In, uh, invalidates it otherwise. It does, doesn't it? And how about you, Tim? Timothy? So, if you're looking for me, my personal Twitter is at TimblesRH. Oh, you remembered it this time. I did remember it. Fantastic. And um, that's it. I'm so bad with names, I can't remember my own name. <laughs> um, and as I said, we've got an official Twitter, which is at Without a Mouse, and you can find us at Without a Mouse on Instagram as well now. Yep. Um, so, that's a very divisive film, and we're off. Bye. Bye. <laughs>